0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. It's good to be back with you today. I know here in the last couple weeks, we've got uh, kind of a late delivery on the episode for you guys. Some things have happened. We've been trying to catch up. We've been busy, uh, but we want to keep you with some constant flow at least once a week, something that you can listen to, some midweek encouragement, and uh, maybe it'll help you along the way from time to time. Uh don't forget, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, Level Ground Podcast, The Level Ground Podcast. Facebook is the best place to get notifications. Instagram, we're going to work on getting starting to post on there. Um, and then don't forget to reach out to us on all these other platforms, wherever you can find us. Um, and if you want to reach out to us, you can message us on Facebook or DM us on Instagram or uh, even send us an email at, the Level Ground, at levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. Don't forget, if any of you need a Bible and want a Bible, think about having a Bible, have never had a Bible before, Um, whatever the case is, reach out to us. We've got some Bibles sitting right now um, with your name on it, and uh, not not really your name. We don't know your name, but we can put your name on it for you, Um, but we want to get those to you if you need one, if you want one, and free of charge, completely free of charge. It won't cost you a dime. We just want to get you a copy of God's Holy Word. Now, we can get into the fun stuff. Um, we've prayed about this and studied on this uh, for a while now, and we've got two episodes coming up that we hope will be very informative and, and really help you along. Um, last week, we talked about creation and uh, with Brother Joseph McDonald, and uh, really, for me, it was very informative. Well, then, he led me to some uh, material and some other things, and I got to looking into that, and... And it just blew my mind uh, on some things, and, and we're going to kind of carry it on this week um, in a way and talk about some different things, some topics, discussions, um, and things of that sort. Um, but I do want to preface it by saying this, we are going to talk about some things, uh, uh, some very uh, prominent social problems in our society today, and, and we genuinely and truly um, hope that this, this doesn't offend anybody by us talking about this. Um, Our goal of of this podcast is not to offend anyone, um, but it's to teach and to talk about and to give exhortation to the Word of God and what the Bible says. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a Baptist. I'm going to sit here and tell you that I'm a Bible believer. Um, And some folks um, out there right now might think that that is absolutely crazy, Um, but ultimately, the Baptists have done nothing for me, but Jesus Christ done it all for me, and God has done it all for me, and at the end of the day, I owe my life to the Lord, and, and I'm going to believe His holy, inspired, infallible Word. Um, we hope that this week uh, of God and in the things that um, that God has in store for us today, as we dive into God's Word, and let's talk for a second about this subject. Now, we had, we had prayed and we had thought about this, and so many times you hear uh, people saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and then you look at their actions, and And I'm not talking about when somebody who is a devout Christian messes up. I'm talking about somebody who says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, and then next thing you know, they're going out doing whatever, acting however, anytime they want to, but then you ask them, they say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian." Um, and we wanted to discuss about how being a Christian was being Christ-like. And um, we got to studying and thinking about it. And there's really four different types of groups, uh, four different groups that that you can divide this up into where uh, 90% of humanity falls and really 100% of humanity falls. Um, and those four groups are atheist, theist, religious, and Christian and some of these intertwine and go hand in hand with each other, and and some of them are can can stand alone just fine. But in order to be a Christian, there's some things that you have to be, some things that you have to do. And we genuinely, um, and truthfully wanted to dive into this, and so that we could get a better understanding of what being a Christian is. In order to grow in your walk with the Lord, you have to know what you've got to be doing. Um, how do I call myself a Christian? And What is being a Christian, and how do I be a better one? Um, But that being said, we're going to take, and in the next two weeks, we're going to divide up into two different episodes. And we're going to go this week, and we're going to cover two of them, atheism and theism. And then next week, we're going to cover religion, and we're going to cover Christianity um, as two separate things. And then hopefully at the end of next week's episode, we'll take and we'll tie some of this all together, and we'll get a big picture of what being a Christian is. Actually is, but I want to start, and we're going to start this episode today and talk about being an atheist. Now, an atheist is one who believes in God or supreme being, and and so you can take that word and break it down, and you find that that word literally means um, a, which is the 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 root or the or the prefix of the word. A means without, and then the root word theist, and theist means with God. So a means or theist means God. So you put the two together, and and what you've got here is a word that literally means without God. Um, anybody who, who doesn't believe in God, anybody who uh, says there is no God, they're qualified as an atheist. And we can go in-depth, and we can cover different things way more in-depth than we can right now. Um, but ultimately, we want to try in this to show you the problems, I guess you'd say with being an atheist and I know this is not a, a popular discussion. There's going to be people out there that don't like it. I, I've uh, had some people reach out through the podcast and and their views on on Christians and those the views on people that just believe in God are, are crazy to me. Um, I, there's been people that said to me that I believe in a sky fairy. There's been people that have said to me that uh, I believe in a fictitious God and a fictitious book. And, and us as Christians and uh, born-again children of God, we understand and we know that we don't serve a dead God, but we serve a, a living God and a living Savior. And uh, And Jesus is alive and well, and we know that through the Holy Spirit of God, but the typical atheist doesn't. So in order to convert an atheist, not only does it take unction from the Holy Ghost to talk to an atheist, but also we've got to understand where they are, and we've got to understand the fallacies of being an atheist, and, and the the problems with it, and the problems that arise from it, and then we've got to find the answer. And whether we realize it or not, when you're dealing with lost people, it sometimes it does take a lot of logic and understanding you... I've said this many times, and and folks may disagree with me on this, but you can't just walk straight up to somebody out of the blue without unction, number one, and number two, without knowledge. And you've got to have knowledge of who you're talking to and knowledge of what you believe yourself. And then we can start a a conversation. I don't want to say that we'll start an argument, but we can start, um, I guess you could put it this way, we can start a discussion uh, seeing how the other person believes, and then we can go on to give our opinion. But don't go shoving it down anyone's throat, um, but we can break it up. So that's kind of what we want to do today is we want to kind of see the other side and look at the other side first. Now, here's some of the problems with atheism that I've found and as I've studied and prayed and looked at this episode. Now, if you have no belief in God or Creator and you believe you were just spontaneously made out of the blue and completely random— your intrinsic value is gone. So that being said, most atheists believe in what they call the Big Bang Theory and how the two atoms randomly collided at a random speed and just so happened to create intelligent beings and life on Earth and all of a sudden, boom, here it is, and millions of millions of years have transpired and we have what we have today. Now, I want to say this. <clears throat> I heard a man say one time that you can take two cars, and you can run the cars together as fast as you want to in as many different directions as you want to, and it's never going to randomly and spontaneously create life. It is impossible. Now, the argument to that could be that, that well, the atoms went much faster and and they're much finer and, and can create something like that. Okay, and, and if there's that argument there, then we can follow it up with this. If we're spontaneous, we were random when we were created, there was no reason, no purpose behind us being created, then we have no value. Uh, Why would we in that point um, begin to, to say that any side is right or wrong? Because when this happens, there's no longer any standard for good or bad. And one's definitions of correct morals, no matter how corrupt they are to you and I, are just as much justifiable as ours. And so you think about this, and and if we're completely random and and everything doesn't have a purpose and there's no genuine real purpose to life on earth and and human beings and mankind and, and all of these things, we really, at the end of the day, have no value. I can go into... Everybody's got a junk drawer. I can go into the junk drawer. I can op- open it up, and there may be just a piece of plastic in there. And to me, it is a completely random piece of plastic. And if I'm going through this junk drawer and I'm going to sort through it and and set aside the things that are good and set aside the things that are are bad and I don't want, I'm going to take those bad things and those things that to me seem completely random and I think to myself, well, why are these in my junk drawer? I'm going to take those things and I'm going to the bad things and I'm going to take the random things that have no use seemingly. And I'm going to throw them in the trash can. And there's no point in having them. So it's the same concept. Uh, you can also look at this and and you take the one that, um, that believes that certain things are right that are against the law. You might take somebody that, uh, I'll put it this way. You ask a drug addict, 90% of or, or not all, but there are some drug addicts that you can ask that when you ask them about them doing drugs, they don't see nothing wrong with it. Um, It's just a way of life. There's uh, no problem with them going to their dealer and buying whatever drugs they may want to have, whatever they need to get their fix. Whereas to the rest of us on the outside looking at that, we can see and we can notice that, honestly, at the end of the day, it's no good. We shouldn't do that. It causes danger, it causes harm not only to a human, but also to people that they possibly could be around. Well, how are we rightful or how are we right in saying that they're not justifiable in their opinion, that there's no ultimate supreme being or no higher power, and that higher power doesn't set a standard for morals. And and you can look at some more things and but I, I'll say this, but with belief in in God and a creator and you being a creation, you then have value, and there is a standard for morals. Um and you look at you can look at the Bible and you can follow it through, and we'll get into this more in depth here in a minute, but you can look at the Bible and how God has explained, well, hey, these things are, are not good. You can look at the Ten Commandments even and and base off of the Ten Commandments, and the Bible says that you shouldn't lie. Well, without the Bible, how would we know that lying is wrong? the person over there that may lie all the time, they may be justifiable in that if there's no creator, no standard set for them. Then again, you can look and you can find the the piece of Scripture that's in the Ten Commandments that says, Thou shalt not kill. Now, that word doesn't mean thou shalt not um, kill anything, but it means thou shalt not murder. And what he's saying here is that you shouldn't murder people. Well, if that's the case and this is what we're talking about and say we had no standard setting the, setting the bar and saying, hey, this is the bar we try to live by, then the serial killer and the murderer and, and the one that, that does all these heinous crimes, he is justifiable in what he believes without a creator. And so if you don't believe in God and you don't believe that there's someone who created us and you don't believe that there is someone who took us and formed us from the dust of the earth, and you don't believe that there's no bar set for your morals, then this leads to problems. Problems such as no values, and no values and no morals leads to issues like racism, uh, just all-around hate to your fellow man, and ultimately you end up with a great divide amongst humans. And and I'll say this, yes, that there will always be some type of division amongst humans. We'll, we'll never, uh, um, and Christians included, we'll never always be able to get along with everybody. Um, I've said this many of times. When God saved me, there was a love put in my heart for everybody. But sometimes there's people that I don't like. There's going to be people that you don't like. There's going to be people that um, that if you look at it and, and you see how they're doing, how they're living, how they're acting, you know it's wrong. You're not going to like them. And so there's always going to be some discrepancies in that sense. But some of these worst problems now, we, we can't get on the news, we can't listen to the radio, we can't get on social media without seeing something about racism. And how all of these crimes are driven according to... Uh, the race and, and different groups of people, and they're called hate crimes. And as a Christian, if you believe in God, you can believe that man has in, has intrinsic value, has a value that was given to them when they were created. If you don't, and I hope that I don't sound like a broken record here, but if you don't believe in this, then ultimately nobody has no value. And ultimately... All of these crimes, these hate crimes, these separations amongst humans, they're pointless. Uh, And it's it's pointless in trying to say that it's wrong. And, you know, I I thought about this, and you look at this, and I want to go ahead and say this before I get any further. This primarily boils down to one thing, and one thing, I don't want to say one thing only, but... But you can base it on this one thing and it'd be okay. It's a problem with the creation worldview and you've heard many different people, many different uh, scholars and scientists say, especially Christians, um, like we heard last week of some of the, the great men that teach creation better than I ever can. They say that it boils down to not a problem with the evidence. We all have the same evidence, but we all have different worldviews. And... That being said, I want to say it this way, and I heard a man, I believe it might have been Ray Comfort said this. If it wasn't Ray Comfort, it may have been somebody else. But they said it like this. If you walked outside and walked into town and you seen a building in town and there it stood tall, you knew that building didn't just appear. It took a builder to create that building. In 500 years, even though the builder may not be present and may not be still there if that building is still standing there's no doubt in your mind that there was a builder at some point that built the certain building you can look at a painting and and that painting didn't just spontaneously throw paint onto itself and become and onto a blank canvas and become this beautiful work of art but that painting regardless of how old it is took somebody taking and painting it it took a painter and it don't matter how long that painting sits on the wall and hangs on the wall, it don't matter how many times it's sold, it don't matter how many thousands of years that this painting may uh, may stay around, there's no doubt whatsoever that there was never a painter to begin with. It's the same thing with this. We look around us and we see the intelligent design that is placed in humans, that is placed in the world. Um, me and some of my friends have talked about it multiple times about just looking at how how the world works and how the human body works and, and how uh, you can call it um, even the natural process and how natural processes work. Randomly, that could never happen. But it would take, for something to be created like that, it would require the presence and re- require a creator to have been on the scene at some point. Now, even though atheists consider themselves to be without religion, it, in fact, is very religious in nature. And and as a matter of fact, it has a title, and that's humanism, the religion that elevates man higher than God. See, mankind for thousands of years has, has looked and has always wanted to worship something, you can look at the, the indigenous people from all over the world and there's not a single indigenous tribe that I know of, whether it's your Native Americans or whether it's um, your Aztecs or Mayans or or your Aborigines in Australia or or your Bush people um, in, in Africa, any of these people, you can look at them and they all have some type of God that they've worshipped. Mankind has something ingrained in them to worship a higher power. But where the problem lies is when we think that we are more of a god than anything. And we place ourselves higher than the Creator. And most atheists you look at, they want the morality of a Christian. But without Christianity, what I mean by that is, They want certain things to be okay. They want, um, I'll say it this way, they want homosexuality to be okay. They want um, abortion to be okay. They want all of these things to be okay but they don't want, I'll say this, I'll say they want all of these things to be okay but they don't want murdering to be okay. They don't want drunk driving to be okay. They don't want uh, people stealing things from you to be okay. See, here's where that, where it, where it boils, where what it boils down to is they can say, well, it doesn't make sense. And, and I'll be the first to admit that everything in the Bible to me, even as a Christian, doesn't make sense. But if I sit there and I just chalk up that there are some things that I just don't understand because it's supernatural and not natural, and I say, well, now I'm going to be an atheist. It would be wrong for me to say that I'm an atheist and don't believe in God when I take that bar that was set by God and try to draw from those morals and draw from the morals of Christianity and apply them to my life. And, and, and I'll say it this way. A lot of times, too, with this, it boils down to a problem with authority. And us as Christians believe that every one of us will have to stand before the Lord and give an account of the things we've done in this body. This is what the Bible says. The things we've done in this body, whether they be good or bad, we're going to have to stand before God. The Bible also says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There are some people that don't don't like having to answer to people. That don't ha- like how ha- you can take even people in the workforce, they don't like having to answer to a boss or to a manager. And those people, a lot of times, would rather work for themselves. It's because they have a problem with authority and they don't want to answer to somebody. So if they don't want to answer to somebody, well, we just won't do it anymore. Same thing with atheism we don't want to answer to a God who is just and who will punish us for not doing what he has commanded. And so what we'll do is we'll just say that we're atheists and we don't believe in nothing because we don't think it makes sense and we don't want to answer to uh, someone that's higher. And then they also want to say, well, but those Christians over there, there there's some things that they believe that are okay. Well, they believe that it's not okay to kill people. It's not okay to murder We're going to take that, and we're going to hold on to that. And so there's a discrepancy. And then you, in turn, begin to view yourself as higher than God when you try to erase God out of the picture. And you can look, and these people could even be labeled as a naturalist. And naturalism is the philosophical belief that everything arises from natural properties and causes And supernatural or spiritual explanations are excluded or discontinued. So this kind of gets into what we just talked about, how that some of these people say, well, I don't understand the supernatural things of God, so I'm not going to believe it at all. And then you begin to discount all of the great things and the great blessings that God has in store for those that believe on Him for the sake of it doesn't make sense. And we try to come up with a natural process, a natural reason, a a natural thing that can take place, just like the Big Bang Theory, and say that, okay, let's believe this, because it discredits the supernatural, and if we have evidence, and this is what a lot of people believe, that if we have evidence that is natural, or can come up with something natural, it's easier to believe. And to the flesh it is, but I want to say this, and I want to encourage you, if you're you don't know where you're at right now. There's been times even in my life, and I'll be very vulnerable, vulnerable with you. There's been times in my life where I've thought to myself, is this really real? Do these things really happen? Did God really do this? Is God doing something for me right now? And the only way that I can explain this to you would be the same way that my mom and dad explained it to me as a child. And I grew up in church and I'd heard all the things that church people said, but I didn't understand it. And number one, I was told that I had to have faith. Number two, I was also told that when I got saved, when I was born again, when I had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they said these words, you'll know. And when the Lord saved me, I can sit here before you and I can speak to you tonight and say that I truly knew what had happened. I truly knew that God had saved me. And even since then, there have been times that I have questioned, and then I have ended up finding that all I had to do was believe, and I would get an assurance in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And another thing we can look at real quick, like, is secularism. Secularism is most commonly defined as the separation of religion from civil affairs in the state. And... May be brought to a similar position, seeking to remove or minimize the role of religion in any public sphere. And you can look at look at these things, and you can see that that if that secularism is running rampant, people don't want the church involved in their day to day life. And when you can go back and you can look at these little settlements uh, back a few hundred years ago when people first started to settle in North America what would happen is as a community was started they would come together and build houses and then a church would be built in the center and in that church there would be where would be the center place would also be used as their courthouse and so everybody wants to say well there needs to be a division between church and state. And I agree with it, but let me define it for you for just a second. And I believe we've even talked about it before. But at, there are some things that happened in that church way back two, 300 years ago that that some of the things that come from it are left over from the church being also used as a courthouse. And I'll say this, that if they were using the Bible to judge someone whether they done right or wrong and what was right or or what was illegal and not illegal, then I will agree with them. But see, everybody wants to say that the separation of church and state is to keep the church out of the state, keep the church out of the government. When in all reality, when we come over from England and settled in the U.S., it wasn't to keep the church out of the state, But they had been under the reign and the rule of corrupt people and corrupt religious people for so long that they tried to control the church in government. It wasn't to keep the church out of the government, but keep the government out of the church. Because the government, as they were corrupt, would try to change things and say that you couldn't believe God in this way and you couldn't do these things in this way. And so when they pulled away from government, they realized that God was the final authority and that's why we have this. So if you're sitting there saying, well, there needs to be a separation of church and state, and you need to pull the church out of the state, let's look back in the history and find that this doesn't necessarily mean that the church is the problem. I dare say that many of us that's done any looking can see and, and can find now that not everything that goes on in our government is straight as a string. Uh, There's a lot of corruption that takes place in government uh, and has for years. And we don't want and we don't need that same corruption in our churches. And I'll say this, and maybe I'm squirreling off talking about a different topic. But we've gotten to the point where there are people that don't want to take the Bible as the final authority. And what that has led to is even corruption has leaked into the church. And pretty soon... And we're already seeing it now, but pretty soon as time goes on, you'll not be able to see any difference between the church and government like you could back then. They'll believe the same things, they'll want to do the same things, and it'll all be a money racket. And I didn't know we was going to get into all of this stuff today, but this is a warning to us. Now, we've already kind of talked about this, but atheism is formed from questions, and, and most of them are questions that cannot be answered, such as creation. And that's Genesis chapter 1. And it, then you get the question, if there, really, if there is really a God, who created God? Well, this question is simple to answer. God was here in the beginning, and as a Christian, we believe this. And so God was here before the foundation of the earth. And us being created beings, everything around us being created, We can't understand something that's not been created. We can't understand the existence of a creator that didn't have a creator himself. Um, And even myself, I can't comprehend that. But here's the thing that God wasn't a created being, He couldn't have been created because He Himself is the creator. And the list goes on and on with, with different discussions and different things that took place and different, um, and different questions that arise. But you can look at Psalms chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, The fool hath said in his heart that there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Saying that the one that says God, God is not real and there is no God is a fool. And then saying that we have all done corrupt things, and they have all done corrupt things. And then it says, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if they were any that did understand and seek God. They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. None of us are any better than the other. The best Christian is no better than the worst sinner. And the best sinner, if you can even qualify it that, is no better than the worst Christian. We're all the same. We're all in the same boat. We're all dealt the same hand. And I want to encourage you that if you do not believe in God, give it a try. Give it a try. Because there were a time in all of these Christians' lives, I guarantee you there's been a time, whether they realized it or not, that they didn't believe in God themselves. And I want to say this, that that according to the Bible definition, and I've already said it one time, I want to say it again, if you don't believe in God, the one who doesn't believe in God is a fool. And I want to say it over and over again, I want to reiterate this point, that even if you believe in God, you are no better than someone who doesn't. We're all inherently sinners. We're all the same. But now, for the Christians that listen to this podcast, we can get into something that's a little bit more what we're used to, a little bit more in our stomping grounds, I guess you could say. Let's talk about a theist right quick. A theist is one who believes in the existence of God or a supreme being. Now theism is divided into two categories. You have monotheism, which is the doctrine or belief that there is only one god. So some examples of that are of course Christianity, then you have Judaism and then you have even Islam. They believe that there is only one god. They believe in Allah. Then you can look at the next group and it's polytheism. And that is the belief in belief in or worship of more than one god. So you have Hinduism, and, and uh, Shintoism, and you can look at uh, Norse mythology and Greek mythology and these things, and they all believe in multiple gods corresponding together. And I want to go ahead and, and say this, that if just because somebody hears the word Trinity, they're going to come up and they're going to say, well, Christians are actually polytheists. No, we're not. We believe that The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three separate identities, but one person yoked together. And maybe we can get into that a little bit better at another time and cover all of the Scripture. And if you have a question about it, reach out to us. We'd love to help you on that and love to talk to you about it. But let's let's remind ourselves for a second of how we can look at racism from an atheistic standpoint and try to find where their valu- where someone's value comes from, where, where any race, any human being, where they have value from. And then from a theistic standpoint, we believe in God, and then we know that we have value. And I'm going to talk about being a theist from the standpoint of believing in God the Creator, God the Father. And see, most atheists, they'll believe in evolution. And I want to say this, that Charles Darwin himself was a racist. He said that different races were less developed than other races. And that hurts my heart. I have friends from all different uh, nationalities, I guess you could say. And, and I have friends with different skin colors. And I have uh, people that I love that that don't look like me. But God created them just as much as he created me, and to me that they have value. There is a value to them because God the Father created them and created them with a purpose. They are fearfully and wonderfully made and have, I'm going to say it again, intrinsic value, value that was ingrained in them. And as a theist, we can look at all of these people. You can look at the the homosexual. You can look at the alcoholic, the drug addict, the liar, the cheat, the the, the scoundrel, how, whatever words you want to use, whatever sin you want to bring up. You can look at, at each one of these, the murderer, the serial killer, all of these things. We can look at them. And because we believe in God, they still have value. Now, I know that sometimes the flesh will rise up, and we'll think to ourselves, they just need to throw them in prison, and there they can rot for whatever their crime is. Or whatever thing they've done that's not morally correct, it might offend us, and we might not want to be around them. But I guarantee you, if you pray, and you seek God, and you ask God, if they still have a soul, and they still have a need to be saved, you will find That the Lord still wants to save them. It doesn't matter what sin. It doesn't matter what thing that is going on in somebody's life. They still have hope through Jesus Christ. And as a theist, we then have a grasp of that without the presence of God, we wouldn't be here. And I want to say this, that being a theist does not mean that you are a Christian. It just means that you believe there is a higher power and you believe in God, and this, remember, this is the avenue that we're taking. In order to be a Christian, you've got to be Christ-like. You've got to do things as Christ would do them. And there's a lot of people out there, like we said in the on start of the episode, that that they're more of a theist than they are a Christian. They're more of a believer in God and a believer in Jesus than they are a Christian. And I want to say this before we go any further. If you found yourself, you're, you don't live like a Christian, you don't act like a, Chris, a Christian, and you just believe in God, you believe in Jesus, you know that there is a higher power that created all things and therein comes our moral standard and therein comes all of these great things, that's not a bad thing. You've got to start and build from the ground up, and you've got to start somewhere. And you cannot become a Christian without belief in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ first. And I want to say, and let's, read, let's read you some scripture in Acts chapter number 17. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, "Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood All nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. They should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in in him, and I want us to look at this, in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And we've done said it that a theist is not a Christian because the ones at Mars Hill, and we'll define it a little bit better, the ones at Mars Hill were theists. They believed that there was a higher power. But I want to say this, that as Paul began to speak to them, not only did he, and this goes back to what we mentioned in the beginning too, he knew where they were coming from. He knew they wanted to believe in a higher power, but didn't know what that higher power was. And he looked at these Greeks and he had an understanding of their culture and even quoted some of their writers to them and began to preach to them about Jesus and began to preach to them about God the Father and who we really should be worshiping. And he informed them that it's through God that we live and breathe and have our being. Without God, we wouldn't be here. And believing in God the Father helps us understand that. But herein lies the controversy of all of these things. Belief in God does not make you a Christian but it's pointing you in the direction of Christianity. You can tell me that you believe in Jesus. You can tell me all of these things. But until you have a personal relationship with Him and you are saved and born again, you're just a theist. And then we have to get grounded and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we can go from there on to the next step and that's becoming more Christlike. There are days that I'm not Christlike at all. My temper will rage up, and I'll act away, and I'll say things that I don't want to say, and I don't want to do, but they just happen. They're not very Christ-like. I'm not always acting like a Christian, but I try and I strive for that. And that's what a Christian is. A Christian isn't someone that lives a perfect life, but it's someone that strives and at least tries to be Christ-like. Now, I want to talk about this, and we we want to kind of preface, we're going to read you an excerpt from a book, one of my favorite books that I've ever read. But to preface it, I want to talk to you about a religion and and an ideology, I guess you could say, called Marxism. And without going in depth, Marxism eliminates the creator. It's sometimes known as Darwinism lived out. Marxism opened the door for all manner of terrible things and pretty much pushed for the survival of the fittest. Pretty much the one that was in power made himself a god and seen himself as a god and pretty much let everybody else fight it out. And if you couldn't fight, you didn't live. And the higher up you you were in power and in money and riches, the better off you were and they did not believe in any higher power because again they did not want to answer to authority and you can think of all of these different marxists that, that committed all of these different crimes but one of them i want to read to you, or want to talk to you about and remind you of is a communist and the communists and those communist regimes were all marxist and their le- leaders would deitize themselves and some of you that know history and have studied history you can think of about stalin um and let's let's go ahead and look at this book. Now, this book is about a uh a missionary to Romania named Richard Wormbrand. And he went to this place that was riddled with communism and riddled with Marxism, and people that didn't believe in God, and people that would be shot and killed for mentioning the name of God. And he went and began to share with them Jesus and began to share with them the gospel. And he told this story in his book. And it's probably the fav- my favorite story that I've ever heard anybody say and talk about. The writer says this, I met a Russian couple, both sculptors, and when I spoke to them about God, they answered, No, God does not exist. We are, and there's a Romanian word there that I can't even begin to pronounce. But that word means godless. But we will tell you something interesting that happened to us. Once we worked on a statue of Stalin, during the work, my wife asked me, how about the thumb? If we did not have an opposing thumb, if our fingers were like our toes, we could not hold a hammer, mallet, tool, book, or piece of bread. Human life would be impossible without this little thumb. Now, who made the thumb? We both learned Marxism in school and know that heaven and earth exist by themselves. They were not created by God. So I have learned and so I believe. But if God did not create heaven and earth, if he created only the thumb, he would be praiseworthy for this little thing. We praise Edison and Bell and Stevenson who have invented the electric electric bulb, telephone, railway, and other things. But why should we not praise the one who has invented the thumb? If Edison had not had a thumb, we would have invented nothing. It is only right to worship God who made the thumb. The husband became very angry, as husbands often do when their wives tell them wise things. Don't speak stupidities. You've learned that there is no God. You do not know if the house is bugged. We can get into trouble. Get into your mind once and for all that there is no God. In heaven there is nobody. She replied, this is an even greater wonder. If in heaven there is an almighty God in whom in stupidity our forefathers believed, and it would then be only natural that we should have thumbs. An almighty God can do everything, so he can make a thumb too. But if in heaven there is nobody, I will worship with all of my heart the nobody who has made the thumb. So they became worshipers of the nobody. I lost my place. Let me find it. Their faith in this nobody increased with time, believing them to be the Creator. Not only of the thumb, but also of the stars, flowers, children, and everything beautiful in life. It was just as in Athens in earlier times when Paul met worshippers of the unknown God. This couple was unspeakably happy to hear from me that not that they had believed rightly, that in heaven there really is a nobody, God who is spirit, He is a spirit of love, wisdom, truth, and power, who so loved them that he sent his only begotten son to sacrifice himself for them on the cross. They had been believers in God, not knowing that they were so. I had the great privilege of taking them one step further to the experience of salvation and redemption. And I want to go ahead and land the plane here and start closing out this episode. I want to ask you this, and I want want to say... Say it this way. Are you an atheist or a theist? And I want you to ask yourself this question. Some of you may already know. Some of you may not know and may be confused. Some of you may have had a change of opinion in this episode of where you fall in this. Are you going to be one that believes in a random collision that caused somehow intelligent life form and then ultimately, there's never been any bar set for right or wrong, and then com- because we're random, we're we're useless and we have no value. Or are you going to become a theist? Believe in the God that created the opposing thumb and designed it so that we could grab and hold on to things. I'm looking at a bottle of Gatorade I have right now, and I can wrap my thumb and my fingers around it. And while I sit here and think that had I not been designed that way, I could try to grab it. And maybe I could get it. But ultimately, chances were I wouldn't be able to grab that bottle one-handed. But also, this is not only God who spoke everything in the world into existence and formed man, this is not only the God who done all of these things that you read in the Bible. It isn't the God who said, Well, I'll make a tree that bears fruit, and then if the fruit falls off of the tree because it goes too long without being picked, it'll fall to the ground and rot and release nutrients into the uh, and into the soil that will in turn feed that fruit tree. This is also the God who can save the part of you that no doctor has ever found, can go into the deepest part of yourself, into your soul, and can save you from everlasting punishment in hell. And I cannot close this episode without saying, no matter what sin you're in, we all have it. No matter what Troubles you face. We all have them. And no matter what your beliefs are. Because we all have those too. Whether we want to believe it or not. Jesus died for you. And I'll even put it this way. God created you. And when man sinned in the garden. He created a way out for you. Because he loved his creation so much. That he gave his only begotten son. So that you might be saved. And he can reach down into that spot where condemnation abides, where all of these, this trouble and the sleepless nights abide, and he can give you peace. And you may be listening to this from an atheistic standpoint, and you might be thinking, why would I want to believe in a sky fairy? Why would I want to believe in a fictitious God and a fictitious Bible? I'll put it to you this way. And some people that have dealt with atheists have said it this way to the point where it's almost cliche, but it's still truth. If we get to the end of the road, and I spent my life believing in God, and believing on Jesus Christ, and I close my eyes in death and there's nothing, no heaven, no hell, no afterlife, no judgment, no God, what have I lost in life? I've got friends. I've got a great family. I've had fun and done many fun things. And if If you've noticed, I've got serious now because this is how serious that I see this. Because I want you to have the same thing that I've got. But if you're an atheist and you believe that there is no God and you believe that there's no way that Any of this could be real. And it doesn't make sense in the evidence that any of this is real because it's supernatural and not natural. But you get down to the end of the road and you close your eyes in death, you've lost everything. If If hell is real and heaven is real and you've chose hell over heaven, because you didn't believe on Jesus Christ, because you couldn't wrap your mind around it, because you didn't think there was enough evidence, because it wasn't natural enough for you, because you couldn't reach out and grab it. If all of these things took place, and there was something after death, you've missed it all. If I believed in Jesus, and I closed my eyes in death, and there's nothing I've lost, not a thing, And the cautious side of me, if I didn't believe in God right now, would be questioning and wondering if there really is something to this thing. And no doubt, we just barely scratched the surface of these topics today. But I want to let you know, whoever you are as a listener, that I am here for you. I will talk to you as much as you want. We can have a cordial conversation about these things if you're curious. Just reach out to us at the Level Ground Podcast. On Instagram. Find us on Facebook, the Level Ground uh, at levelground.22 on Instagram. You can find us at Level Ground Podcast on Facebook. Don't forget to email us. And if you want a copy of God's Holy Word, we'll send you a copy of God's Holy Word free of charge to you. And we hope that today's episode has been very encouraging to you and has helped you. But until next time, stay grounded, my friends.